Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Everybody, we are back for another episode of Drunk All Nice, but it's a special episode because uh, midway through, we're going to switch gears a little bit and debut our new uh, baseball-specific Drunk on the Fightings episode. So uh, without further ado, Jay, it's been a minute. We had, uh, we had uh, to call in some substitute, uh, some substitute uh, teachers here to... Uh, you know, break down some hockey. So special shout out to to Mike from Fired Up, uh, to to Matt Sundee for uh, jumping on from the the buds all day from the Maple Leafs podcast. But Jay, good to have you back, brother. How you doing? Yeah, it's good to be back. I miss you, brother. Like it, it, it's like we've talked about it before. Like the anticipation of when we only do a show every other week, yeah, you know, bi weekly show, and then of course. Uh, when you miss one of those weeks, it, it's pretty much like I haven't seen you in a month. So, yeah, um, yeah happy to be back. Uh, I know there's been a lot of uh, news, uh, you know, with the hockey team, but, you know, 
nothing really exciting. So um, yeah. I'm sure I mean, we'll get into that. But I'm, I'm actually – I it's so weird because when we started Drunk on Ice, like, it, yeah, we were – we were way up here with excitement for the Flyers, and and now yeah. it's like I, I told you, man. I, I've told quite a few people. I haven't watched a game in 2022. That's how bad it is. I just I wow. have no desire to watch this team, and that to me, when that happens, that's when I know that this basically this team's went off a cliff. And yeah, uh, you're right. I'm yeah, I'm more excited about baseball, so I'm actually excited that we're you know going to be debuting the drunk on the fightings. That's why I got my. Yeah, you got on. I got my Phillies gear on, and I'm ready to go for that. But uh, I know we got a special guest. Um, Jay, without further ado, introduce our special guest here. Well, the special guest, it's actually one of my best friends, Joe Bucci, and uh, I'm extremely happy and honored. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to actually be his, to be the first one to have him as a guest, as my co-host Phil on DSM actually had him as a fill-in for me when I was at work. But uh, I will say, you know, for considering that was his very first podcast, I was absolutely blown away. And, you know, he did an excellent job. So excited to have him on. And uh, I guess without further ado, we'll bring out Joe. There we go. Joe, welcome. Welcome to uh, our, our, our Drunk on the Ice, uh, Drunk on the Fightings. Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself before we uh, before we get into things. Hey, Don, I think you're blind, blocked. I can't see your face. <laughs> How you doing, guys? A um, little bit about myself. Wow. Let's see. Well, obviously, I'm a diehard Philadelphia sports fan. Um, four for four all the way. Uh, bleed green. You caught me. I bleed green. Um, I'm actually a transplant. I grew up in upstate New York, uh, okay. and, and I moved to – the Philadelphia area because my stepdad uh, and his family are from Northeast Philadelphia. Um, so growing up when I was, let's see, I was probably 10 or 11 when I moved to the Philly area. Um, so growing up, I liked uh, college, some college sports like Syracuse. There was a big team up there. Um, and okay. I, did, I, unfortunately I did like the bills and the giants. Don't, don't kill me. Don't kill me. I, I, I got it right. I got it right. Once I moved to Philly, um, you know, I, I really fell in, I fell in love with the whole Philadelphia sports scene. And, you know, I'm just, I'll I'll never rag on somebody for, for, you know, rooting for your, your hometown team. So um, now, and and actually when I was looking at your bio, I was wondering what the, I I saw the little orange in the bio and I was like, I thought it was Syracuse because I have a couple of colleagues at at work that are Syracuse grads, but um, yeah, man, just excited to, you know, yeah, I love the 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 stuff that you were doing with with Phil with the you know the the Philly you know sports take. So uh, you know, without further ado, gentlemen, do we do we spend the first segment throwing bouquets at at, at what could be probably the best fire that is in our lifetime ish, maybe top five. Well, I don't know if he's. Yeah, he's definitely top five. He's not the de- best in my lifetime, but I'm an old man. So, <laughs> um, obviously, you you know who that would be, in my opinion, Mr. Uh, 88. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, but I will you- say, Claude Giroux, you know, I think the thing about Claude Giroux that makes him, like, 
don't want to say more special, but like was the longevity. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, played his whole career. Sort of like- um, but you know, it. Listen, I, I I don't want to like beat a dead horse, but you know, people have asked me what my thoughts are on Claude Giroux, and right. I, I can't say a bad word about him as a person, and I can't really no, no, say no. word about him as a player per se. He, he he's a very very good hockey player, probably, as you mentioned. Probably, I would say he's probably top three Flyers of all time. But in my opinion. The things that he lacks are what basically the team lacks, and that's leadership. Like him wearing that C, you would expect more as far as a leadership quality. Now, I will say, as much as I complain about Claude Giroux's leadership and the fact that, you know, he was never really able to get the team over the hump. I will say in the NHL, it's more it's more than one player. Like it's a team, and the yeah. organization did fail miserably in surrounding him with talent to the point where the talent could help him, you know, bring this team you know to the promised land, and that's a fact. Yeah, Joe. What are, Joe? What are your thoughts on on Drew? You know, I I guess it's kind of along the same line. Um, you know, I, I when I, like I said, when I when I got to Philly, it was it was really it was Eagles, Eagles and Flyers, you know, playing street hockey in the back alleys. Um, you know, the Legion of Doom, Ron Hextall, you know, the Broad Street, the 90s version of the Broad Street bullies. Um, but I, I think and it, it happens a lot in Philadelphia sports. They they have some really good play, players, borderline great players. But they can never really surround the individuals with, you know, comp- complementary pieces. Um, you know, that cup run that they had in, in, in 2010 was was spectacular. Um, and, you know, things kind of just fell into place that year. Uh, and then they go ahead and get rid of guys like Mike Richards and Jeff Carter. So, you know, it's 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 a it's yeah. a tough go. It's a tough go. I mean, I think for me, like the the hard part, like the Jay, for me, like the thing that might separate Giroux from Lindros was right. What what do we always say? Like the the best ability is availability, right? So Giroux, you could say consistently was able to stay healthier than Lindros. You won't doubt that Lindros, talent wise, was head and shoulders above. He was one of the elite players when he could stay healthy. But that was always his knock, right? He he was never a guy that could consistently stay healthy. I don't know. They, I mean, his production though. I mean, he's a he's a guy who's a product of his environment, right? He was a guy who was always going to be. He wore the C, but didn't always act like the captain. And I think that may be where his legacy. Where, where it falls. I, I don't, I, I was, I was, I was saying, I was going in my head. I'm thinking the word die. Like that's where his legacy died. It doesn't die. Right. But it's that, that's where it, it, it kind of ends. It falls with him never being surrounded with any other top end talent, number one, but two, it, it, 
he never really essentially elevated the production of the guys that he was on the ice with. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I, I, and I, I see where you're coming from as far as uh, the availability aspect, but I, I also believe that it's hard to kind of compare because it's two different eras of hockey. That era was much more simple. The rules have changed to protect players immensely to the point where I believe if Eric Lindros played in today's game, he may not have had the same concussion history uh, because he wouldn't have been able to get hit the way that he was hit back then. That's not Steven's hit. And and, and in reality, it wasn't a dirty hit. It was actually a legitimate hit, but that hit would never happen today in today's game because of the way that. No, it's a different game. And And that's where I kind of look at it as being, I go by what I watched as a player, and not only did Eric Lindros put up numbers, but he he carried the team on his back day in and day out. Not saying Claude Giroux never carried the Flyers on his back, but I didn't see that consistently enough for me okay. to be able to say that he's my you know personal favorite player. Obviously, it's it's hard to argue that he's not up in the top because, like I said, he has the numbers. Um, okay. As far as him being, you know, a likable guy, I mean, the guy is, you know, he is very humble. I mean, I, 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 Jay, he's be, he's beyond like, like he, he, he was everything that we wanted him to be. We just didn't get the production that we wanted. The yeah. production never matched the guy. The guy is a great guy. Us. But I, but no, you're right. But I, but I still, because you know me. <laughs> I am so frustrated with yeah. the ownership and and the and the. It's the word I'm looking for. Uh, the front office of the of this organization for not making ancillary moves to help players, like Joe said. Like it's not just the Flyers. We see it with a lot of these teams in Philly. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we saw it with the Phillies. Now, obviously, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But where they had Bryce Harper, and it was like, okay, well, let's just let Bryce Harper do everything. And you can't do that. Like, regardless yeah. of how good a player is, it's a team sport. You have to have complementary pieces. And in hockey, I think that may be the most important sport to have that because, you know, there's a balance. And 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 if you realistically look at the Flyers' history, their Achilles heel has always been their goaltending. So yeah, and and how prophetic Jay is that right now, and Joe, that they have the goalie figured out, but nothing else, nothing else. Go figure, right? Joe, talk, talk incred- about that for a second. It's incredible. It's you know, like I said before, going back to the to the Ron Hextall days, you know, he was one of the best goalies. Some people, some people say he was the best goalie, but. He he was he was always very good, but he was never great. Um, it's just it's it's such a shame because this city is is well for the most part is a hockey city. You know, it has gone downhill mm-hmm. o- over the years, but um, you know they made the playoffs. They had that run against the Islanders, but if you look back look at look back you know years before that, there was there's a lot of gaps where they're just they're not competitive enough. They're not. They're not. Even, they're not close to getting in. They're not close to competing. You know, it's. It reminds me a lot of the Phillies with. 
not being able to grow talent or, or not having an eye for talent. Morgan Frost come, comes to mind. You, you know, TK. TK had a, had a really nice year a couple of years ago. Where, where is he now? You know, wh- why hasn't Frost been able to, to, to take that next, next step if he's supposed to be this, you know, immaculate puck carrier and, and, and right. goal scorer? It's just I don't, I don't know if, if ownership and management really know what they're doing at this point. Yeah, I mean, listen, how, how sad is it that you probably have to go back that far to match up the last time that they had competent goalie play and they had offense. Like they had all three parts figured out. Like you have to go all the way back probably to Hextall for the last time that they when they maybe when they got swept by the Red Wings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's I I I do think that, you know, a couple of years in two thousands they had um I remember a goalie that I was very high on, and of course he kind of went off the deep end and AWOL, but was Roman Czechmonic. Um, he actually, the one year almost won the Vezina Trophy. Like he was extremely good numbers in the regular season, but then it would go off the rails in the playoffs. But yeah, for the most part, like they haven't had a consistent goalie since Ron Hextall. Like, Ron Hextall was the obviously took him to the cup in '85. Right. And then, I'm sorry, didn't take him to the cup. Took him to the cup and basically almost single-handedly won that series. Uh, He won the Conn Smythe in a losing effort, which maybe – I don't think that's happened since then, or it may have happened only once since then. And that's that's going back to 87. Um, But, yeah, Hextall obviously, you know – Took them to the cup in 87, and then, of course, 97, we remember that, when they got swept by the Red Wings. But they still had a great team that year. It's just they went up against the buzzsaw. Like, the Red Wings were, like, you know, oh, no, unstoppable. Right. They had, like, a wall – like, their defense I, – I, I, Nick Lidstrom, and they had, like, amazing defense. And, of course, their goalie was uh, – who was their goalie that year? Was it Hashik? Might have been. I think what, it might have been. Which year? Red Wings. In 97 when they played. Oh, um, Mike Vernon. Okay, yeah, it was Vernon. Ooh, okay. But I'm anyway. Pretty sure, pretty sure it was yeah, Vernon. Point, but, point taken that it's been that long, and now we have Carter Hart, but the rest of the team sucks. <laughs> now, listen, when we talk about the package that they got back for Drew, or the guys <laughs> that they gave up, yeah, the in everything that I'm sure that we've all seen, right, they, they – the organization was probably very hamstrung in what they could get back considering from everything we've read and everything we've seen and heard, right? The, the Giroux said it's Florida or nowhere, which kind of, you know, is a little bit of a D move, right? For, for him to say, I, I get that he's earned the right to say that, but at the same time, could you not maybe just play into it and say, ah, maybe I'll consider Colorado or maybe I'll cons- like, even if you have no desire to go to Colorado or the Rangers or Boston or whoever. Well, for- it really limited what they, what they got back because what they got back was they got back Tippett. They got back the, the 2024 first round pick, which any, any of the picks from Florida, 
in 24, 20, whatever, they're going to be in the late part of the round. So that pick really does nothing. And, you know, I heard Mike, Mike was saying on his show on Monday night that like, all right, so you pick a guy in the late 20s in 2024, that guy's going to take four, five, six years. You might not see that guy till 2030. Like the what the package that they got back doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I know there's Tippett is a guy that got a lot of clout early on in that draft process, but just underperformed. Maybe they can turn him around. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah. So first of all, to address the situation with Giroux, uh, you know him basically hamstrunging the organization. So from all reports are that he would have been more apt to go to other teams and actually open up the amount of teams that he would be willing to go to. Right. But he wanted the organization to – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. And I don't know if they can actually do this, but he wanted basically them to, to tell him that, you know, we will definitely think highly of bringing you back. And they weren't willing to do that. And that's why he basically said, well, then I'm, I only want to go to Florida. Because it was kind of like maybe like kind of a negotiating tactic on his part. Because I really believe that he didn't want to leave Philly. But he kind of looked at it like, obviously, he's not winning here. And this gives him an opportunity to go somewhere else and win. But with the same, in the same token, what were, what was Florida going to do once they knew that they were the only team in town? Like they weren't going to up their offer. So the Flyers are really screwed because. Jay, here's, here's what they, here's what they did. (laughs) Exactly. They sat back. And they said, all right, Flyers, here's what you got. Yeah, Take so, it away. I mean, it's easy to to sit there and play Monday morning quarterback and, and like bash. It them. is. You're right. But realistically, what were you going to do? You could have given him away and it would we would be complaining that, oh, you didn't get anything because they weren't going to get anything of value. The only right. way, to, in my opinion, the only way that they would get something of value anyway, even if they trade him to Colorado, The first round pick to me is not important because of exactly what you said. The the teams that he's going to are going to finish very, very low in the draft process. So you're talking 
23rd, 24th, 25th pick in the, in the first round. You're yeah. not talking about a generational or you're not even talking about a good, uh, you know, needle-moving player. Right. So realistically, you basically got Tippett in two lottery picks. And not when I say lottery, not lottery in the first round. I mean, lottery, <laughs> like, you, you don't know what you're getting. Crapshoot. Uh, but Tippett, to me – I'm not ready to sit here and say that the guy's a bust because, you know, he's looked good so far. Listen, he's a little bit different. It's not, we're not talking about Nolan Patrick here. Nolan Patrick no, 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 no. was a second pick in the draft, <laughs> second pick in the NHL draft. Okay. Jay, remember, and that's the guy, Jay. The, Jay, remember, the, the missed draft picks is a whole nother show. Oof. That's, a, that's a whole show. That's a week. That, 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 that's, that's, we, we could have a whole, Years worth of programming to talk, about, to, to talk about the mistrafics. We'll do a collaboration with Kyle oh. on that one. But but, oh it, but, but what I'm getting at is that we're not talking about a second pick in the draft, Nolan Patrick. No. We're talking about the tenth pick in the draft, Owen Tippett. NHL once again, anything past like the top three picks, usually it's a crapshoot. And to me, Tippett's a guy like. Although I'm not ready to say he's like a superstar, he's also a guy that could help this team moving forward because he's still fairly young. He was only drafted in 2017. So I'm not going to bitch and moan about what the return was because, like I said, at this point to me, I think the more important thing was the fact that we need to rebuild. And when I look at the moves that they made, yeah, they sold off Justin Braun and they, they sold off Broussard. But did they really do anything of, of, of value that would show you that they are really interested in rebuilding or blowing this thing up? Because I didn't. No. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're going to shock me. Joe, talk to me. Talk, talk me off the list. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. I mean, you know, got, guys are injured still. There, there's guys that are, are making big contracts. Uh, JVRs with the JVRs of the world and the Kevin Hayes of the world and Couturier. Um, it's it, who, who stays and who goes, who, who's untouchable on this team. I mean, if I had to get everybody, but the goalie, right, right. Really? I mean, you have, you have Carter Hart, maybe Farabee, maybe, maybe Farabee is a guy that you, you, you can, you know, build, build, one of your, one of your building blocks, one of your building pieces around him, um, but there's just there's too many question marks. There's too much inconsistency, and like I said before, you, you know when it comes to ownership and, and and management, what what direction are they going in? Do they do they do they know what they're doing? And who's who's making these calls? You know, Chuck Fletcher is is a good GM. He's not a great GM. He's gotten past the second round, I think. Maybe once or twice. I was gonna say twice. I think. I think it's twice, and he's never been past that. He's zero, and I think he's zero and fourteen. So that's that's what we're looking at. You know, it's there's too yeah, many. It's just too inconsistent, and yeah, I can't. And listen, I Mike, can't. Mike's bringing up a good point, right? Like that that Ristolainen move of bringing him and, and and signing him for five more years, and the to make that level of commitment and to commit. To a guy that was 
So so mild mildly consistent at best. And then to commit five years. It just it it, it speaks of like throwing darts at the wall and hoping something sticks. You know what it speaks to me about? <laughs> it speaks to me about ineptitude. Yeah. Because that's what I that's the right. word that comes to mind for me when I hear the flyers anymore. It's speaking of, speaking of ineptitude, Jay, don't mean to interrupt you. Breaking news, the Zags go down to yeah. Arkansas. Arkansas, baby. Wild. <laughs> Sorry, breaking news. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a huge college breaking news. Uh, well, with the Zags going down in March, it's more like broken news. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Um, but getting back to my ineptitude. Right. Yes. I, I I firmly believe that that just shows how dumb they are as an organization. Because to me, it's almost like a Howie Roseman type move where they don't want to admit that they were wrong in trading for him in the first place. Because to me, the package that they gave up to get Risto was pretty steep. And people were bitching and moaning. Now, listen, I was one that was actually commending them for the trade, which now I look like an absolute buffoon. <laughs> but at the time, I was actually saying, you know what, Ristolainen, he's exactly what this team's missing, a hard-nosed guy that's going to not take shit and it's going to knock people around. And you know what? He didn't do that. But no. you know what? Neither did anybody else. So this is where I'm getting at, though. It's almost like a Howie Roseman-type move where the Flyers had to double down, like Mike said, and then they signed the guy that – they realistically should have just said, you know what? Let's eat our losses. We made an idiotic trade, but right. let's move on and not sign more of an idiotic signing. Because now you have a guy and now you're trying to get your cap situation fixed. And you, I'm just so done. I, I, I don't yeah. want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't <laughs> want to do it. But I'm so freaking sick of this team. I'm yeah. so sick of this. <laughs> And Jay, listen, look, Jay, Jay, we're in Philly, right? We, That's right. Jay, we, Maybe Jay, next year. <laughs> listen, we'll see, right? Like the 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 thing that I always think about, like Jay, we're in Philly. We we, we would have complained regardless, right? There, there's always going to be that love, like when you know the 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 other trades that are made in other sports, right? But Ignore all that and look at the the root of the problem, right? The root of the problem is where this organization is seated, which is with Comcast and it's a paycheck and it's anything and everything to promote the team without the team being relevant, right? So you, you have this team being run by people who are not interested or not interested don't really give a shit whether or not it's good or bad as long as we can get people walking in the door and buying t-shirts and buying gritty stuffed animals and all that other dumb shit right <laughs> the, the 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 gritty uh chia pets and like like let's this do me a favor this just take just just loyalists. Yeah, well, because this city is seated with people who are just blunt, especially with the Flyers, right? Because you got your you got your your Flyers only fans that 
will live and die with this team and aren't willing to look at the reality of what this team actually is. Damn it, that's so fake. It it it, it it's it be it defies reality. Jay, a lot of people are fake. I know, but it makes me you know so, like the blind loyalists that protect the team, like I see it on Twitter all the time, like on Flyers Twitter, like, you know, oh, Flyers aren't that bad. Come on, man. What are you talking about? They are horrible. They've been horrible for a very long time. And, and unless people start speaking up and showing frustration like me, no, let's just keep kissing their ass and keep spending money and keep going to the games and act like there's nothing wrong with this team. That's fine. That's how you guys want to be. Do it. Not me. Sorry. <laughs> Jay, I, had, I, I had to give you the solo screen for a minute. Yeah. Good gracious. It's frustrating. It is so yeah, frustrating. And I hate to – like, I feel like I'm a Debbie Downer when it comes to the Flyers. But what can we actually be happy about? Jay, it's not It's not that you're a Debbie Downer, Jay. You just you, – you're, you're willing to look at the reality of what this team is. And it's not good. But it doesn't feel good. When, the sh- when, when it's shitty, it doesn't feel good. I'm bored. <laughs> That's what I told you. I haven't watched yeah. the team in 2022. And I was actually, I was texting. So I texted Mike earlier today because I'm scrolling through trying to figure out when, where the game is, what channels it on. And he goes, I think this is one of those ESPN Plus games. And I was like, you know what? Like, great. That's great. I Like, even more reason to just kind of just tune out. And he texted me. He goes, he goes, I'm actually he, I'm actually probably going to watch the Florida game because it was the it was the game where Drew's going to debut with the with the Panthers. I mean, it, it just it it speaks to any, anything and everything about this franchise that is mired in futility. And so, Jay, before anything else, you want to wrap up on on the Flyers before we we kind of go around the league a little bit and then get into some baseball. No, I think I'm ready to move on. <laughs> I don't have that unless Joe has something to add. No, I mean that's 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 hard to follow that up. I mean, he, I mean he's he's right on point with that. Um, you know, it's 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 frustrating because I love hockey. I love going to games. I love going to Flyers games. They're always so much fun, but they're just not now. They're just not. And who knows when that when they will be, when they're going to be competitive. Um, it's it's a crapshoot you know they're they're out of the four sports teams they are like in the abyss right now yeah and oh my god there's no like a distant fourth for the future there's no light there's no tunnel and there's no light i mean not for nothing we don't have a we don't have a soccer podcast but you could probably make an argument that the union have (laughs) have jumped the Flyers, in terms of relevancy, in oh, terms of their presence, absolutely. in terms of the atmosphere at the games, yep. you you could probably make a better case that the Union is in a better spot and a better position than the Flyers are. Like they are like a distant fifth. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Well, <laughs> listen around around the league, Joe. Who's who's a guy out of the city? That's impressed you. Anybody out of the city, anybody around the league that's impressed you this year watching watching hockey? Uh boy. Uh 
Connor, Connor McDavid. Um, you know, a guy, a guy like that. Um, you know, we don't necessarily need. I mean, if you could find somebody like that, that's great. But there's only one Connor McDavid. But right. you, you need to find. Can players that can possess the puck can win one-on-one battles. Um, whenever you need a clutch goal, you know you know he's gonna you know he's gonna get it. Um, there's, it's just you know the Flyers are so so far removed from having a player like that. You know when, when you go back to a guy like Claude Giroux, he he had moments like that, but. They were, you know, they were years ago, and I think they were few and far between. Um, he was he was a great regular season player. I think he had moments in the playoffs, but I think there was a lot of um, a lot of games where he didn't show up in the playoffs. But whether it was his fault or not, whether you know it was, he didn't have the supporting cast. Um, but yeah, that's that's the kind of guy that I think of when I am building a hockey team, or I want a I want a guy who's got elite skill um, and and can 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 do it night in and night out, um, get you two points a game or two three points a game or four points a game. He's that guy that can take over a game all by himself, um, and he do, he does make his teammates better. Um, yeah. But that's you know that's a guy that immediately pops into my head. Yeah, Jay. O- over the course of the last couple of weeks, I know you're not watching Flyers games, but I know you kind of you, you take a peek around the league. Who's a guy in the last couple of weeks that's impressed you? Shesterkin. Yeah, man. From the Rangers. I mean, talk about like you know. I know obviously we're high on Carter Hart, but. Like, I look at Carter Hart, and I don't see him being as elite as, as a Shesterkin. And I I get that it's also the defense in front of him, but I see goalies that can carry teams on their back legitimately every day. And yeah. One that comes to my mind, uh, you know, quite a few of the other teams that have good goalies – have like you know super power offenses um you know obviously I mean, a- a- anderson in uh, frederick anderson in carolina yeah, has been impressive but sisterkin when we were talking i think maybe a couple weeks ago when we were talking about sisterkin and we were talking about a team that is kind of laying in the weeds that might be able to make a cup run like you could see sisterkin just putting the rangers on the back they got enough offense that he could win you a series or two. That's yeah, how well he's played. I think it was the last show we talked about it. And I and I said that it's kind of amazing that the Rangers have kind of went they've they've never had bad goaltending. They, you know, they had Mike Richter for all those years. Yeah. Mike Richter was a stud. I mean, won it won an Olympic medal, you know, won a cup. Um, and then you had obviously uh this previous uh guy and I, I always forget his name i don't know why lundquist lundquist, lundquist. lundquist. Yeah. henrik lundquist and now you have shesterkin it's like 
they just kind of don't miss a beat when it comes to goaltending. It's like the opposite of it's like the antithesis of the Flyers. They always yeah. have good goalies. So, yeah, he's a guy that comes to mind. I mean, obviously, uh, if you're going to look offense, uh, I think the player that I don't want to say has surprised me, but the player that is most on my radar as far as, you know, a guy that has kind of taken his game to the next level would have to be Huberdeur from uh, Florida. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Johnny, I mean, a guy who's – I'm saying in, his name wrong, just, I know. I always pronounce hockey players' names wrong. Jay, you're, you're close enough. Um, but, like, a guy who's just insanely productive, right? A guy who's got – you can tell that he's able – he's got, what, right now, 65 assists on the year. <laughs> like, a guy who's able to not only be offensively productive with the 21 goals, but be able to get other players involved – He's not just a puck dominant guy. So, right, Jay, you you know, he's what, third in the league in scoring right now? Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, a guy who's been uberly impressive. But the guy for me um, is a guy who's – I've kind of – I watched – there was a behind-the-scenes Amazon series with uh, with the with the Maple Leafs. And you, you, I always hear about Austin Matthews, but – Seeing him in that series and then paying attention to him throughout this year. I mean, talk about a guy who's been on a tear in the last couple of weeks, you know, not even a couple of weeks, the last couple, like almost a month and a half where he's averaging almost a goal a game. Just a guy who's just insanely productive. Um, but a guy, ironically, that came out of the desert, right? A guy came out of, you know, grew up and, and started playing hockey in Arizona. Um <laughs> But just just a guy who's just uberly productive. Um, you know what? So are we ready to make our? Here, yeah, listen. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoiced. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. We got nothing else. Right, hockey is hockey. We're we'll we'll get into the playoffs at some point, but right now, right now we're going to talk about the fightings. We're going to switch over. So if you're if you tuned in for hockey, stick around for baseball. But we got uh, 
our our uh, debut drunk on the fighting segment. So give us half a second here. We're just drunk at this point. We're switching it up. You know what? I'll switch up the hat. Listen, the the moves that were made this week were needle movers. For that, for you know, the the hometown, the the Philadelphia Phillies bring in. They finally get the chance to design a team that fits this ballpark. This ballpark was built for guys that are going to mash. And, man, do they ever have that right now to be able to put the those, you know, they, they add Cast- Castellanos, they add Kyle Schwarber. They now have the opportunity to go right, left, right, left, all throughout the beginning of that lineup. Joe, I'm going to let you go first. Talk to me about how, what, what you're excited about in terms of these two additions to this lineup. Oh, it's, I mean, as, as a diehard Phillies fan, um, it's huge. I mean, there's, it's, it's really hard to put it, put it into words. It's, it's been a long time coming for this uh, owner to go over the tax, which has never happened before. And it finally did. So, um, you know, getting a guy like Castellanos and getting a guy like Schwarber, and you've already got it. You've already got the the National League MVP, and like you said, going back and forth with the lefties and the righties. You know, a lot of these guys are interchangeable. Castellanos could play the outfield. Castellanos could play third base, and that park, like, it's just it's a it's a hitter's dream. Um, they're they're going to score a lot. They're going to score a ton of runs. Uh, you know, obviously the only question with this team is uh, the pitching. Um, that's that's the that's the big question because you know Nola in his two, two preseason or spring training games does look like crap. I mean, it's it's a small sample. It's a small sample, but um, you know, and then you have Wheeler probably won't be ready. Um, so I, I, I guess your day one starter is Nola, which is scary. But when it comes down to the to the offensive side of the, of everything, it's there's no there's no reason why this team can't just out hit you. It's gonna be like your Sunday softball team, <laughs> right? You're gonna, you you're not th- this team is not gonna win a ton of games two to one, <laughs> right? You're gonna it's gonna be more like you know eight six you know nine to seven. You're gonna see that. Prepare yourselves <laughs> if you're going down. For very very long nights, because there are going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of activity on the bases. Jay, talk to me about what you're excited about. Um, it's funny because you know I'm usually generally Mister Negativity when it comes to the Phillies, and obviously. Jay, it's all um, positive vibes right now. I know. I'm just saying it, no it's negative. funny because you're not going to believe it. But, like, 
I'm actually like extremely excited. Like when I saw the Nick Castellanos signing, I, I was actually like just about ready to go to sleep. And, and the whole day I was seeing all these rumors, you know, floating around and I, I just didn't want to believe it. I was like, there's no way that Middleton's going over to tax. Like absolutely no way. Because I, like I said, my whole negative philosophy on the Phillies, like they never have went over the tax. So what would make me believe that now is the time? <laughs> and like, I see that tweet and I had like, I couldn't go back to sleep. I was up that whole entire night. I think I slept one hour. And I was basically, like, retweeting stuff. Then I was, like, you know, deep diving into Nick Castellanos, uh, you know, stats and numbers. And, you know, I was just, like, absolutely, like, brought back in. But then I quickly realized, like, with all my excitement about Nick Castellanos and the Phillies' offense, then I remembered that we still have to field a pitching staff. And I was kind of like, you know what? I was back to the – Jason negative where he's again. Um, Jay, Jay, but, don't get Jay, 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 don't don't get caught up in the facts, right? The facts are only distorting your energy, right? There, there's a, <laughs> like don't look, don't look at that. Look away, right? Look, look away, look away I'm, from the defense, right? I'm and look, extremely... look at Jay. Look at how exciting it's gonna be, right? When you throw up a lineup. Right. And, I, and I'm going through. Right. And I saw this online. Um, but the idea of having Schwarber leave off, lead off. At first, I looked at it. And I was like, really? Not your traditional leadoff guy. Right. But in this park, they are going to need to get the starters out fast. Right. That's how they're going to win games by getting starters out. What a better opportunity, right? If if you have Schwarber lead off, you put automatically yourself in the opportunity to be able to be up one nothing within the first at bat, because that dude can go yard. Reminds me a lot of Matt Stairs, right? But a a, a guy who's going to be consistently a little bit more productive. But if you went Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Real Muto, Hoskins, you're telling me you're going to get you're not going to get production if you put those five guys in a row to start a game? Well, here's where I'm at as far as their offense. I I, I firmly believe, and Aaron's right, you're going to have to outscore people, but I believe they will. I mean, you can't deny that the Phillies lineup right now, A, it's an American League not lineup. Now, obviously, having the DH makes this that much more better. What I look at as far as the lineup, what what I like is that I believe there's extreme there's an extreme amount of combinations that Joe Girardi has at at his disposal. Because so, and what I mean by that is they have numerous guys that can play numerous positions. Like so, Alec Boom, who I believe, if you realistically look at Alec Boom, he's a very good hitter, but. He is not slotting good defensively, realistically, anywhere. But he probably would be better at first than third. I, I've already saw the Phillies fielding uh, Nick Castellanos at third base, which is actually where his primary position was for the longest time before last year. But what I'm getting at is that I think when you have different combinations of lineups that you can put out there every day and you have so much versatility as to how you – 
write those lineups, that makes it a lot harder for this team to go into that offensive slump that they're known for, that they've been known for for the past three or four years, even when they've had good offensive players like Bryce Harper, Real Muto, et cetera, et cetera. True. Their lineup is going to allow them, even when they have a Reese Hoskins struggling, you have a Nick Castellanos to pick it up. When Nick Castellanos is struggling, you have a Gene Segura to pick him up. Like, there's always going to be somebody that's hitting well. That's what the, – going the extra mile and going over the tax and getting Castellanos is the difference to me between this team having a legit shot – I'm not saying at winning a World Series, but at contending for the National League, you know, playoffs, as opposed to being still a team that I believe wasn't ready that or wasn't close to being there. By just getting Schwarber. By getting both of them, you not only sign them for less money than Chris Bryant by himself, but you sign two guys that, like I said, Kyle Schwarber, to me, is a one-dimensional player. But what I will say about Kyle Schwarber is he does get on base. And he is a very good leadoff hitter. He showed that with Boston. So I like that. Nick Castellano. watch. I mean, it's great. Like, yeah, I don't think you can quantify though the how important the Nick Castellano signing is because you I mean, have Jay, Nick Castellanos who, and you have who, Bryce Harper, so you have two who, guys that are capable of hitting 300, knocking in 100 RBIs, scoring 100 runs, and hitting 35 home runs down at the bank. I mean, Castellanos and Harper could easily hit 40. You, so, Jay, you and, and Joe, you, you could legit say that you had the potential to have five guys in this lineup that could put up 20 plus home runs. You got four guys that could do 30 plus home runs. Like you are going to get a lot of production. And I think the one thing that I like that from the Castellanos deal is that like it provides you a lot of flexibility now with the DH, right? That universal DH is huge for this team now. Because if, you know, Hoskins needs a day off, right, he's a DH. You slide Boehm over to first. You, you, you have a lot of flexibility in where those guys, not only where they're going to slot in the lineup, but where they can be on the field. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and to Aaron's previous comment, like, yeah, their defense is going to be atrocious. I mean – Let's face. Oh, don't, don't I don't get it twisted. It's going to be bad. They're overlooking the defense. I think this is this just shows you that there's so many teams that have become so focused on analytics, mm-hmm. and they're almost punting on the defense because they're they're just looking at it like, okay, we're going to just outscore everybody, yeah. and that's the mentality. And you know what? That's fine. But I will say, Jay, to be I, honest, maybe that's what baseball needs. Like. If baseball wants to get people back, like when was the last time baseball really had America, right? When Sosa and McGuire are going back and forth night after night, they're they're cutting in coverages, right, to, to see those guys at bat. Not for nothing. Like I grew up, like I played college baseball. I love baseball. But some nights baseball is just fucking boring. Like maybe they like getting rid of the shift, 
Now, you know that I think that does that go into effect this year or next next year? Next, year. next year next year yeah. right so getting that out of the game maybe allows more balls to be put into play you got more guys on base maybe a guy's going first to third maybe a guy's going to hit it he's going to be able to get a triple because there's not six guys in the outfield right you don't have all you don't have three guys on the on the right side of the infield like maybe baseball just needs to be more offensive so that you can maybe get some interest back in the game. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I can get it. Go ahead, Jeff. I mean, I agree a hundred percent. I, I guess going back to where I kind of was going earlier and then you steered me away because you want me to, <laughs> that's avoid, what I do best. You want me to avoid and ignore the noise, but I guess my still, my main look concern, away, Jay. My main concern. It's not fun over there. Is their starting pitching, and here's where I look at it in two different mentalities. So, if you want to look at just purely numbers, Aaron Nola last year had a horrible year. I mean, he had a four over a four ERA, uh, which is not. I believe he was like 20th ranked uh, as far as pitchers that qualified uh, as far as starting pitchers. Okay. But when I kind of did a deep dive into Aaron Nola's numbers, you start to see that maybe his last, maybe last year wasn't as bad of a season as everybody thought it was, you know, as far as the eye test and, and as far as the numbers go. And the reason I say that is, is that if you look at his fit, which I know there's so many different statistics now in baseball that it like kind of gets you, your mind like your mind kind of gets blown sometimes by how many statistics there are. But FIP is basically fielding independent pitching, which stands for it's all the numbers that the pitcher can control. So like the ERA is a lot of times a number that is out of your control because, you know, a guy had an error or whatever, whatever happens, so a fielding mistake or whatever. So basically FIP is a category that combine it's basically ERA, but the things that it controls. So strikeouts, unintentional walks, hit by pitches, and then home runs. So if you look at Aaron Nola's FIP, it was 10th in the NL. I mean 10th in, in the uh in the majors. Um and that was a full point less than his ERA. Uh, what that tells me is that Philly's defense was bad and a lot of his situational pitching was bad. Whereas when he got the two strikes, he either put the guy out on strikeouts or he gave up where the ball was put in play. Um, I look at Aaron Nola's numbers every single year. It seems like he has almost like it's almost like a good year, bad year, good year. When I say bad, I mean worse year than prior. So he's almost like on a consistent track where every other year he performs uh, where he should. So if that, if you look at it that way, then this year he should have a bounce back year. But <laughs> I'm looking at spring training and I get it. It's spring <laughs> training. It's early. It was only two starts. But it's the Jay, same Arizona. It was only two starts. That I'm seeing. It's- 
Some of those some of those pitches were fucking meatballs. Guerrero. <laughs> well, and and once again, is he just trying to get his arm right? Like it, I I can't really go by that per se, but what I'm getting at is the Phillies as a whole, every single year we rely on the what ifs or you know, will this guy have a bounce back year? And that's what we're doing with our pitching because you have your hopes and dreams set on a guy in Aaron Nola who, as I said, is inconsistent. He's ace capable, but he hasn't played as an ace. You have Zach Wheeler, who still has a tired arm. Now, knock on wood, they said he's going to be ready. But whenever I hear tired arm with Zach Wheeler, I'm concerned. And Aaron could testify to that. He was a Mets fan. Wheeler had plenty of injury history with the Mets. I worry Jay, about a guy like Zach Wheeler. Okay, Jay, we're Jay. We're in Philly. This is where hopes and dreams come to die. I that, but it's <laughs> you got to be honest about the team. Like I get it that they have a great offense, but their their pitching could be either really good or it could be horrible. Zach Eflin, once again, I'm I'm a guy that's not as high on Zach Eflin as the majority. I have not saw consistent enough play from Zach Eflin for me to say that he's a number three starter in the league. Yeah. Just haven't. Where are you at on this? Where on on the overall sense of this team right now? Well, if you look at the comparison between this team from last year to this year, they were how close to winning that division um, with blowing all those games late late in games. Um, if you oh, yeah. can, if you can get somewhat of the same uh, ending as last year, but then you add all the offense that we added, I mean, that might make up for it. You know, it's... Because maybe, maybe you're up by six runs, and if right. you give up three, you still win the game. Exactly. You know, that all that extra offense should 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 push you push you to a victory you know and we'll, we'll see how that translates during the season and you know i mean defense wins championships so h- how is this team gonna match up against you know a, like aaron's team like the mets with with Degrom and scherzer uh it's it's gonna be tough but don't yeah. get me wrong it's it's gonna be a battle for the to 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 win to win the national league east and to, uh, actually get into a playoff berth but, you know, I think that we have the right pieces in place to, to make that happen. You know, when they interviewed Castellanos about, about that, when he, you know, signed on here, he, you know, he's, he gave like a typical Philly answer. He was like, I'm more worried about where I'm going to find a good cheesesteak rather than, go, you know, going against DeGrom and, and, and Scherzer. Um, cause I, I think Scherzer has a, he might have a tired arm too. I, I don't know if that's still, still bothering him. Um, and DeGrom, Listen, they don't score runs for DeGrom. The Mets just don't, yeah. they typically don't score runs for DeGrom. So it's. Maybe, maybe this team's philosophy is a bit, <laughs> the best defense is a good offense. Maybe. And, you know? and listen, may, maybe they put themselves in a position early on in the season that they're putting up enough runs that they're winning more games than they're losing, that maybe they make 
uh, they're in a better position to make a move in the middle of the season to add pitching or add defense. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not there now, but maybe the the offensive firepower allows them to be able to win games that in previous years they would have lost. So now they're in a better position mid-year. So now they can maybe get to a place where they can get. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. You know, an arm, a, a bullpen arm, uh, a, a fourth or fifth starter. You know, maybe that slots one of those guys. You know, Gibson at the end of the rotation, maybe he moves into a long relief that maybe makes your bullpen better. I just, I, I'm going with the best defense is a good offense. Sounds good Jay, to what me. Are, <laughs> Jay, what are you thinking over there? I, I mean, you, you look deep in thought. <laughs> Like I said, I, I'm very excited about the, the, you know, the direction of the team. Mm-hmm. We went over the tax. I can't complain or bitch. I mean, I just, like I said, my whole thing is, is maybe, maybe just maybe we hold out and then we do make a trade. Say we are in contention. We make a trade to get a pitcher, you know, to kind of put us over the top. Because I, I will be realistic. There's not many guys left um, out there as far as free agents that I would be interested in. The, the, the one guy I was saying that I wouldn't mind if, if they could get him for cheap would be Johnny Cueto because even though he is older and he does have some injury history, he is an innings eater. I look at a guy like that who, you know, is consistent. He's not going to, you know, put you over the top, but he's still another guy. Um, Ranger Suarez, to me, is still young. I mean, I'm hoping that – that he kind of improves on what he did last year. But to me, I, I always worry about the sophomore slump, you know, guy having, you know, kind of a step back. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really see much really on the farm as far <laughs> as guys that they could bring up. So, like I said, I, Actually, I'm going you know to what, Jay? I, I t- I'm, I'm going to ask you something. I want both of your thoughts on the, on the idea that, Having Bryson Stott on the opening day roster makes sense. I mean, why not? I mean, I, wh- I, I think Bryson Stott should be on the opening day roster. I, I, I just don't, I don't see Joe Girardi, who's a Mr. Loyal. I don't see Joe Girardi doing it. Um, and I don't see uh, a reason why Stott shouldn't be. Uh, to me, if I was the Philly, if I was the GM, if I was the Nebraska, I would be trying to unload Didi at any cost, even if you had to give him away. 
because Didi Gregorius' contract is high, and you don't need him. I would, to me, I think this is the perfect team to be able to bring up Stott and let him not have to be like what Alec Bone did last year. Because let's face it, they put a lot of pressure on Alec Bone last year to be one of the guys. Now that you you signed Schwarber and Castellanos, you added two like. Guys that are going to have 500 at bats, hit 30. Home. You, you added like two guys, basically two starters, and you subtracted I mean, Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, um, he's he's legit, probably the seventh or eighth best hitter in this lineup now. But that and that's my point. He and that's where he should be. be exactly. But and Alec Boom, when he's at his best, can hit 300. Uh, I don't expect. I nor did I ever expect when the Phillies drafted Alec Boom. For, that Boom was going to be a guy that was going to hit 35, 40 home runs. Alec Boom is a guy that's going to hit 25 to 27 home runs, but he's going to hit close to 300, right. and he's going to hit maybe 80 to 95 RBIs. Like, but he's not a good defensive player, and that, that's that's what his basically his ceiling is. And can he get there? Absolutely, when he doesn't have the pressure. And I think a lot of fans we're like extremely ready to give up on Alec Bohm after one year. And that, that blows my mind because Alec Bohm is a guy that definitely has talent. They, you know, they drafted him, you know, very high. And I believe they got him. I got, I think they got him right. And I hope that they got Stott right. I mean, it seems like they did. All the reports are that the guy's doing extremely well in the minor leagues. Uh, he's, very tight with Bryce Harper. I, I I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be on the team, but I'm an old school guy. I believe that in baseball today, it seems like they always take too long to bring up prospects, but nobody wants I to mean, agree with me on that. Jay, the Phillies, let's be more specific. The Phillies wait too long to bring up prospects. <laughs> Around the league, right, you look at teams like, like look no further than the team that has been leading the, this division for the last decade. Right, the Braves. The Braves just have this incessant cesspool of super crazy high talented players. Right? They're not the like the Matt Olson trade and signing is out of character for them. Right? They're bringing up, you know, Ronald Acuna. They're they bring up they just have an insane farm system where they are just bringing up guy after guy after guy. Their internal development is probably on par with like the Rays, right? They just do a really good job at at, at grooming talent. The Phillies just don't, right? And they consistently miss, right? When you're taking guys like Mickey Moniak and Cornelius Randolph, and like those those two guys were top ten picks. Adam Hazley was a top of the draft pick. Like when you swing and miss hard. On those, like those guys were supposed to be the guys that are supposed to be playing right now, right? Like Hazley is supposed to be a guy who's supposed to be in center field and be really productive for you. And he's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's funny that you say that because I'm not ready to. And once again, I'm not, I'm I'm not ready to move on from him, but I'm saying like, I, I'm not ready to just give suck up at that on Adam Hazley uh, because I, I, I kind of feel like he got a raw deal. I mean, he had personal issues no one knows the truth you know you can you can speculate whether it was drug or alcohol or was it mental issue whatever it was it was whatever, something i mean yeah that was a personal was. issue that he had to deal with uh in fairness to him I, I don't think he got really you know 
an opportunity to, to come back. And now you sign Oduble. To me, I would have never re-signed Oduble. I think that was the biggest waste of signing. Yep. Probably the most mind-boggling move of the offseason for the Phillies. Like, why bother? The guy is, first of all, nobody likes him, you know, because of what he did. Nobody likes the guy. And the guy not only does stuff off the field, he, he's a buffoon on the field. I mean, he, he can't make a play. I just I don't understand Odubel. I don't understand the signing. But Joe, like I said, Joe what, t- talk about that for a second. Odubel? Yeah. Do I have to? No, I'm kidding. No, 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 you don't. I, no, 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 you can no, just kidding. say he's. You can just say he's, he's an asshole, and we can move on. <laughs> no, he. I mean, he is. You know, yeah. I, I, there's. That's the problem with that position out there. It's, you know. Who's going to be out there on Monday? Who's going to be out there on Tuesday? Who's going to be out there on Wednesday? It's, it's a shame that I, you know, once I found out what he had, what he did, and I, once I found that they had, re, they were re-signing him, I was extremely disappointed, you know. But you know, Moniak has had a pretty good spring training so far. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know what that's going to translate to during, you know, when the games count, um, but. You know, it's I, if it were up to me, I, I wouldn't have brought him back. I, I mean, he's the epitome of an inconsistency. He does boneheaded stuff. He, he you know, he did that to whatever it was his girlfriend or his his, uh, his wife. Uh, it's just I, I don't. I, why would you want that? On, why would you want that on your team? Why would you want that in your locker room? He just does dumb shit. It's just it's 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 disappointing. Um, but you know, I don't know. Does he make the team? Is he on the team the whole year? I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's there until someone else plays better than him, right? So it's going to take a guy like Moniak to have a really strong spring for them to make a to have to make a decision. You know that they've talked about. You know Matt Veerling, him, him and Odubel kind of you know all, alternating days. I don't know. To me, it just it bothers me that. I think the thing that bothers me most, obviously, is all the off-field stuff and all the on-field stuff. Like it didn't make sense on all those levels. At the same time, it talks directly to the fact that they were not able to develop anyone in the last what four or five years that he's been here. You haven't been able to develop a center fielder that is better to replace him. And he's not that good. So what does that say about your player development? You know, it's it pretty just, horrible. You're that's why we are where we are with exactly. have, having to buy players because we can't grow them. Correct. Gentlemen, any, anything around the league you want to touch on before we jump out of here? You know, Freddie, Freddie Freeman goes back to the Dodgers. Correa goes to the Twins. Uh, Trevor Story goes back to Boston. Chris Bryant goes to the Rockies. I mean, Freddie the Dodgers is, is like the rich getting richer. Right. Um, you know, I guess the surprise for me out of that whole list Correa. is Correa to the Twins. Like, um, I mean, especially with his back issues, I, it, to me, it tell like the, the deal from the Astros was better. Why did he go to the Twins? Do they know something we don't know? But he's no, also, just, it, it, but he also the the thing about that contract is that it's got an like it's got opt outs after every year. 
Yeah, and that's what I'm looking at. He he's probably betting on himself. Um, I guess the, the 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 to me the head scratcher was uh, Chris Bryant. And I and listen, I love Chris Bryant, but when we look at Chris Bryant, I think a lot of people tend to look at Chris Bryant, the old Chris Bryant, and Chris Bryant now is not the same player that Chris Bryant was when they won the World Series. Like he's just not. And anybody that doesn't realize that is crazy. Look, just look at his numbers. I, well, he's definitely he, dropped off every single year. And and to get the contract that he got, and then we look at what we got, we got two players and and paid thirty million less. Well, and also, That's Rich crazy. Rich brought this up on our show last night when we kind of touched on this a little bit. They had Nolan Arenado. <laughs> like Nolan Arenado is. Much, 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 much better than Chris Bryant. And you're paying Chris Bryant more than you would have paid Nolan Arenado. So why did you move on from Nolan Arenado? Because they made a mistake. Once again, it could be another. It's the Rockies being the Rockies, right? They're they're going to. The the only reason why Chris Bryant goes to the Rockies, because Chris Bryant has not lit the world on fire. He went there. Because Scott Boris is really, 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 really fucking good at his job. That's he that. just got him a huge contract. Scott Boris is is friggin' genius. <laughs> I, I like. I, I know yeah. people hate the guy, but um, true story. Like when when don't uh, hate the player, hate the game, right? When, like that dude. That dude is insanely good at his job. He gets his dudes paid. Yes, he does. So I was writing an article. Um, Scott Boris, I need representation. <laughs> I was writing an article when Bryce, when the Phillies broke the Bryce Harper news. Uh, right. I was writing an article, and it was basically bashing John Middleton, but I was also <laughs> praising uh, Scott Boris for ha- how, like, how he was a genius, and that that, and then of course the Bryce Harper signing happened, and I realized how even more of a genius he is because. You know, he got Harper 13 years and, and no opt-outs and yeah. all the other stuff. But, yeah, Scott Boris is absolutely amazing at his job. Um, I agree. Uh, but And, yeah, like you said, Nolan Arenado, absolute stud. Like, I don't know why they would – I don't know why Colorado would get rid of either. I mean, they had Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado. Like, just dumb. And this is what I talk – I, I kind of talked well, about this. Jay, Jay it's very it, – I. We, Yo, as far as why the league doesn't have rules in place to prevent teams from doing this kind of stuff, because that's what what my, boggles my mind. Because more teams would be able to compete if this kind of nonsense wasn't happening, where teams sell off good players instead of spending the money. And I mean, Jay, look look no further than the Marlins, right? Marlins <laughs> a couple of years ago, right, had Christian Yelich, who who uh, they had. There were three guys that they and, had that. Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton, Giancarlo, yeah. Like they they had studs. They do it every year, but that that's right. what I mean. But Colorado is the same way. Colorado, yeah, Colorado's no different. Them, they have like great players, and they get rid of them. And then, they, you know, like I said, then they have Nolan Arenado and Story, and they get rid of them. It doesn't make sense to me. But why does the league allow it? That's what I mean. There's got to be a way that they can look at something. The league where they say, why are all these teams doing this? Because that I mean, hurts competition. That's why you have only a select amount of teams, like eight teams on your hand, that you can count on your hand, that compete I mean, every year. 
in, in order to do that, you need a roster, you need a salary floor, right? You can't have teams at the top like the Dodgers and the and the Yankees spending two hundred and forty million dollars a year, and then you have teams at the bottom of the of the league like the Orioles that are spending less than thirty million a year. Like you you can't say that there's any kind of competitive balance when those two teams play in the same division and the one team has a roster that's $200 million more than the other roster. Well, and that, that should tell you all you need to know. They no, just no. had a labor strike and they didn't oh. – why would you not work on something like that? That, to Jay, me, is something that would help the game. It's broken news. It's just broke like – like, Whenever baseball gets a chance to fuck something up, they embrace that shit. They really do. Like, I just, I don't know. Gentlemen, holy shit, we've been going an hour and 15. God damn. <laughs> what, are, what are some great conversations? Jay, you know, Jay, I'm going to let you have the floor. Let's do final thoughts. What, what are your final thoughts leading into the weekend, leading into uh, – what do, you, what do you got? Final thoughts. So, for me, I'm, you know, excited for a new baseball season. Um, obviously, extremely disappointed in the way the hockey season is ending or has went. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, baseball being back. I mean, obviously, baseball is my number one sport. Uh, my number one passion. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, we went over the tax and we're going to be relevant. I mean, are we going to win the division? I mean, that's, that's to be seen, but I think the Phillies have improved enough for me to feel confident and be really excited. And I will be going to the games. Cause I remember I had made a, a, a point that I said, I was not going to go to a game unless the Phillies went over the tax. Well, they went over the tax, so I will go to games. Uh, Joe, what do you got? Final thoughts? Pretty much just to piggyback off what Jay said. It's uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's um, you know, this team's gonna score a lot of runs. I can't wait to get down to the stadium and enjoy that enjoy that environment and be down there with all the Phillies fans and. Win, uh, win some eleven to ten games, and you know, stick, <laughs> stick, sticking around until uh, the last bat in the ninth inning. Oh, you know, yeah. when, when you got that, you know, those guys in that lineup, it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and then you know, with the Flyers, it's, uh, it's hard. It's, it's hard to, uh, to really think about it and really know what to say because. There's just so much uncertainty, but you know, at least you have the Phillies. At least, at least they're going to be entertaining, and they're they should be right, right there when it comes down to it, um, to for the division if 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 things uh, things go according to plan. And listen, and to piggyback off what you guys, the thing that I love right now, I think March. You could argue that March is probably one of the best sports months on the calendar. You got the confluence of hockey, basketball. You got baseball with spring training starting. You got March Madness going on. Like I, I, I'm just embracing the the 
the the last button on the remote, like just wearing out the remote. You you've seen some of my stuff on, on social media where I got like five different five screens TV. going at the same time. <laughs> like just embracing it all, just trying to like like sports was always that 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 was always our family thing growing up. Um, you know, and, and you know, shout out to my pops. He's a big he's a big Nova guy. So uh you know my my pops is probably at home throwing up a, a, a throwing up his V's for Nova Nation and throwing back a couple Miller lights. Um, but you know, just it, it embracing all all that sports that you know that just makes things fun. So um, enjoy your sports, find something you like. If you if you can't find something, I don't know, go find our podcast. <laughs> go find us on YouTube. Go find us on uh, on on your podcast things. Um, one thing real quick before we jump out of here, uh, we're, we're in the, the final eight of the wildfire uh, Philly sports podcast bracket. We're going up against the, a Flyers podcast called Tie My Skates. Um, but right now we got like a, a 60 something to 30 something lead on them. It kind of, I think it ends tomorrow. So I think uh, not to talk a little shit, but I think they might be tying <laughs> our skates. Um but if you get a chance, head over to our social media. You'll find the the voting over there. While you're there, you know, punch a vote for Big T Will and the Philly Full Court Press. They're doing a fantastic job covering the Sixers and the NBA. Um, Philly, it's been dope. Have a good night. Later. See y'all. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.